0: Hi everyone, just wanted to apologise that we haven't been hitting our regular weekly schedule recently, just to let you know that our mixing desk actually broke over the Christmas period, so we haven't actually been able to put anything out. So rather than replacing it, we decided to give ourselves an upgrade. So we've actually got some brand spanking new equipment here today, and this is the first time we are going to use it. So as it is the first attempt, it's brand new out of the box, the sound quality might be a little bit off. So if it is, if you've got any comments, whether they be positive or negative, please let us know. Send us a DM or put a comment in the comments box below and just let us know what you think about the episode just to let you know that there will be a break next week as i'm going on my honeymoon and i'm not going to record an episode while i'm away so apologies
1: you fucking lazy
0: (laughs) i know i know Uh, but we'll be back in two weeks time with another episode so why don't you just go back and listen to some of our previous work it's all great anyway thank you very much for your continued support i'm gav this is austin and we love you and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, 1917. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joe. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like 1917, time is your enemy. Which, coincidentally is also the tagline for last week's film The Irishman (laughs) time was everybody's enemy on that one (laughs) seriously though if you've never heard this show before then hold on to your helmets because we're about to take a long single take journey through the trenches of your ear canals essentially we take a film and we put it on trial it's as simple as that there's also a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans to keep you entertained including a caption contest a quiz some average impressions some awful xylophone playing some sound effects and a lot of banter so do stick around now, this week's film on trial is the 2019 war epic 1917. Is it Kaiser Wilhelm or is it Kaiser Wonthelm? Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully we're going to find out find. <laughs> All right, just to say this will be a very spoilerific episode so if you haven't seen 1917 yet then get yourselves down to the cinema and listen to this episode after you've watched it or you can just trust our judgments or you can fast forward to our quiz this week brought to you by joel which will start around i don't know we'll figure it out 40 minutes maybe not maybe less maybe more Austin, or write a comment in the comment section hopefully maybe probably won't doesn't matter anyway before we go on our last film on trial was to irishman um <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't think i've got a, any sound effects for this to be honest no irish sound effects yeah uh, no aussie uh, can you say anything uh, irish go on no <laughs> <laughs> there we go near enough Um, so uh, Alex you judged that trial and you deemed that it should be placed on the shit list some might say quite controversially some might say very fairly. <laughs> you've <laughs> since gone away and you've watched The Irishman. Um, I think it took you about 14 uh, separate <laughs> viewings. Did you make the right call? Personally, yes, I think I
2: did. It's just it's just too long. And I think the main arguments were that it was too long and why have three, Why you know, why de-age those actors? And I just couldn't understand it. I think the moment I saw Robert De Niro try to be like a, what, a 30-year-old man doing, stomping some shop guy outside oh, yeah. his shop and it just looked like pathetic more than anything else. So, yeah, I think if it had been, it, it could have probably been about an hour and a half long, but three and a half hours, I just that's just too long to be a film of that
0: sort. Of that sort. Did you see that scene where Al Pacino, like, loses his yes. shit and starts shouting? Just loses, yeah, and just forgets the line. Like, yeah, well, do, do you think that he forgot the line? Or... I think he
2: forgot the line, and they just carried on rolling.
0: Yeah, that is, it's so bizarre. Like, it just took me out of the scene. It was just like, he, like, looks down, he looks up past the camera, he starts laughing. I'll be, I'll be honest, I started skimming
3: the film a little bit.
2: Like, I wasn't watching it. <laughs> Prop, sorry, Dave. I just couldn't
0: watch it all the way through. I, properly. I, didn't, I
3: didn't think it was particularly good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was different. Three and a half hours is oh, a man. big ask, yeah. isn't it? But anyway, right. Uh, what do we know? We're all philistines, eh? You know, <laughs> <laughs> totally got about forty different Oscar nominations. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, before, uh, I was going to say that, that's it, isn't it? Onto the bulk of the show. We're here. We're balls deep into the bulk of the show Uh, this week's film as mentioned before is 1917 that's probably a bit incorrect we're probably just the tip it's
3: probably (laughs) 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 we're
0: not that that far in yet (laughs) this week's film as mentioned before is 1917 That was, yeah, I, was, I, was, I was attempting to try to play uh, Perfect by Ed Sheeran. Well, it felt like it was as long as the <laughs>
4: album
0: Because uh, I couldn't think of any music that came out in 1917, so I picked uh, one of the most popular songs from 2017. Good connection to... <laughs> exactly. All of those, you know, millions of people that died, and this is how we repaid them. <laughs> 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 Uh, Okay, so uh, this this film hasn't been picked out of the hat at random, it wasn't recommended to us by anybody, but in fact we chose the film ourselves as we desperately try and stay hip and relevant, however all of the roles have been picked at random, so in defence and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be me and Joel. I'm a bit like Benedict Cumberbatch pretty weird looking Joel is just like Richard Madden in 1917 he doesn't do much and acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be Alex and Dave now Dave is a bit like Colin Firth most people really like him but let's not forget that the bastard has a soft spot for Richard Curtis (laughs) and Alex is just like Mark Strong robust name bald head (laughs) now just like real court advocates will be making the best case for our roles these may or may not be our genuine opinions though so do stay tuned until the uh, the end of the episode to hear our real thoughts which means this week Austin has the most important role as he will be playing the judge. Now, Ozzy is just like Andrew Scott. When any, whenever anybody ever sees him, they instantly think fleabag.
1: <laughs>
0: I, I'm not entirely sure that is very fair. <laughs> Now Ozzy must decide which list the film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion, which is good because he hasn't seen it. Now before we get started I think we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is about, so let us spin the Wheel of Impressions... So, here we read off the synopsis in the style of one of the casts uh, or characters from the film. This week, he's uh, landed on Captain Dave. So, uh, Dave, how uh, to, how would you like Dave to read the synopsis out? I think I'm just a
2: very posh army officer's accent. Yeah,
0: yeah. like um, Colin Fayette's accent in it, or Ben, yeah. ben Cumberbatch.
2: <coughs> one of those ones, yeah. yeah.
3: So we're talking like eclipsed,
2: yeah, English eclipsed, but sort of nineteen, you know, nineteen seventeen, English, English.
3: <laughs> 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 not okay. nineteen eighteen, no, not, not <laughs> nineteen sixteen, <1916. laughs> just just nineteen seventeen, okay. Two young British soldiers during the First World War are given an impossible mission. Deliver a message deep in enemy territory that will stop 1,600 men and one of the soldier's brothers from walking straight into a deadly trap. Oh, oh my God. God. That was great. That was That's like proper newscaster.
1: BBC yeah. newscaster, yeah. I like that. <laughs> well well you. Thank thank Dave. you.
4: Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: okay, uh, so Austin, would you like to please kick off proceedings? Uh, yes, yes, I would. Um,
1: can I hear the defense first? I'd just like to hear whatever your opening argument's going to be to say how great this film is.
0: Okay, uh, I think this film is exceptional. There's a reason that it's been nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. It's because it is a top quality film. Uh, Story-wise, it's pretty much what Dave said. It doesn't waste any time. It's very simple. It's quickly set up. Two soldiers need to get from point A to point B to deliver a very important message. However, they have to go across or through uncharted territory that at very... Until very recently uh, been occupied by their enemies, and we're not entirely sure whether these enemies have actually vacated or not. Um, you know it's very famously shot in a single take or, or given the illusion that it's one whole continuous take, and it's very, very impressive and the story basically follows these two soldiers you're very invested in them, you build connections with them, their performances are great, there's just so many amazing things about this film that I can't wait to uh, get into more detail about. Well, you're not going to do it now.
3: (laughs) Oh, praise, praise, guys! I'm I'm going
0: to give you guys a bit of an opportunity to try and uh, put some sort of prosecution together. Generous. (laughs) Well,
2: like I would say, you know, a huge part of this film is its thing that it's got a long shot, you know, and. I think that's quite impressive. It it did make me want to go and see the film. You know, the fact that it's basically just a whole long shot. It's not. It's actually a few spliced together. And at first, I think it's really effective. But I think as the film goes on, it sort of, it puts the gimmick of a long shot over the actual drama of the film. And there are a few bits where I was sometimes more aware of wanting to see whether it was a, a long shot or not or oh so they've just gone into that soldier's back that must be where the long shot just ended and now they're doing another long shot and I was more into that sort of thing than I was actually okay. the emotion of the long shot so even though I think the long shot a, a few long shots would have been extremely like affecting I think the fact that it was such a didn't know the entire film is one long shot actually in a way by the by about two thirds of the way through the film started working against it it also made some of the the plot not quite work at times. There seemed like a bit of time when, you know, it went from nighttime to morning when I was a bit like, well, that's quite quick, actually. And I I, I don't know, there was times when he was just, as you would have to have in a dramatic film for him to be paused, doing nothing, where I was a bit like, Mm, no, I don't know. Like he's meant to be on a mission. Why shouldn't he be getting up and going? And it was just because it was a long shot. So it's
1: so it's sort of it's sort of in real time then, or yeah. because it's one shot.
0: No, it's given. It, it's, it's basically pause. done through uh, one continuous take, as Alex said. But like the pass, the time pa- uh, passes. No, like i bit yeah, no, exactly. No,
2: well, no, there's one time when he's knocked unconscious, and so it stops then, and then re, restarts when he regains consciousness. Okay, yeah,
1: but it, but it, so it's like, but it is like a video game, and it's a bit more, um, almost yeah. like you're following just one person's story,
2: a, a little, well, two people
1: at first, and then later on one. Yeah, and, and does that affect? I mean, or. or is that as jarring as you, as, as you make it let me throw it back to defenses is is it actually an effective uh, technique or or do you end up trying to work out oh wow that's really clever I wonder where they did this instead of actually paying attention to what's going on it's
4: um it, it's well it's it's definitely new and I think it works very well here because you get to see one thing that I liked about it uh, particularly which um you know a lot of war films miss is that you get to see a, a lot of other things that happen around the characters, so you get to see like the landscapes, and you you know you get to see how how war affected um, like cities, and uh, you you know like the Germans basically destroyed anything that could be of use to uh, to to the Allies. Basically, so you get to see like all the all the dead cows, like dead orchards, and things like that. You know, just small details which other films will probably just skip over because you know mm-hmm. they're just focusing on the action or focusing on more uh kind of important things um you know in, in quotes so uh it it works really really well here and i think that's part of the reason why you know everybody loved it so much the fact that you get to see all this other stuff happening you don't skip over anything and it's just you know a, a story from start to end really rather than uh you know kind of skipping jump and, into choosing different between people. different mm. people and that type of thing
0: yeah I'd, I'd completely disagree with what alex said um and I that think... surprises me. I know, yeah, you
1: yeah. <laughs> Christ almighty. Okay, <laughs> noted. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I didn't specify what on there I'm talking about like most things that he says Um, Sam Mendes said one of the reasons they opted for this one continuous take effect is that he wanted the audiences to experience the journey with the characters uh, or as almost like they were the characters themselves Uh, so when the soldiers encounter enemies or are in danger or peril uh, we experience that moment with them for the first time and I think when Alex said it was quite jarring and it takes you away from the film I think it actually enhances it it creates this sort of sense of realism that brings you more into the film because you are experiencing those things as they happen the first time that the you know there's a scene where they've just crossed over um, the trenches and they've, they've come to the uh, German side and they encounter an explosion and as that happens it's you know it, it's it's really really effective because you know when they sorry just uh...
2: <laughs> what <do you> want? <laughs> we had our hands open and us, we just...
3: <laughs> <laughs> sorry mate sorry. that's fine and it's
0: part, you know, Basically, whatever Brucey said is bulge, bulge, bulge,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sandra Bullock A
0: Sandra. <laughs> Sandra okay. couple of fucking gravities here <laughs>
3: <laughs> if, if I may, I'm going to wade in on this one, and I have to say you, you mentioned, does it kind of take you out of the moment thinking about the technical aspects and it did a few a few times, most of the time like Gav says, it can be quite immersive but there are points where you feel like um, you like, particularly when it gets to that town and he's trying to cross that broken bridge. And it's like the camera just follows him and it goes straight into the water almost and just follows him walking across this bridge. And it's like, oh, how did they do that? They must have had a runner like going into the water or something. Yeah. But you, for that moment, you have been taken out of the film and you have been thinking about the technical. Technically, it is an achievement. You know, the shot is good, but you are taken out of it. It's because it follows, because it's not been edited in that way. And you do start thinking about the technical aspects behind the scenes. Yeah, so so, so it's and it's, it's, it's because it's new
2: yeah yeah you know again like i'm not saying it's never effective in the film it is it's just sometimes i think they've just committed too much to it the the one thing gav was saying is about realism as well and that's where another thing i sort of jar with the film is that it is very realistic in bits and there are some bits that are incredibly especially when they're underground when i was incredibly affected by it and it was very realistic but then the film because it 's using this very realistic way of shooting it, it then struggles when it 's starting to bring in you know like themes that sort of run through the film so there 's a bit where they look and they f- and they see some cherry blossom and it 's a very important bit and then later on, the character 's in, in the river and he sees the cherry blossom come down and, and you 're actually like Mm, that's not realistic. Yeah, that, you know what I mean. Okay, that, that's a good so thing to put throughout. in a film if it wasn't in a long shot, and that would have been very, very effective. And why? But it's jarring because in in a long shot, you go in for just pure realism, and I think when you bring in these nice little bits that all link in and all Back tie up with six, the bow tie, yeah. that doesn't quite work when you're filming a film that way.
3: I also want to say when, you, when Lance Corporal Schofield escapes from that French town and he jumps off another bridge into the river that, that, just before that shot, he's CGI'd that's not the act of jumping into the river, that's CGI. Oh, well, and, yeah, yeah. And it's obviously <laughs> you so. You the waterfall and it's like... You know, it's well, yeah, uh, no, obviously, but no, the actual jump from the bridge out of the town into the river, mm-hmm. the, the beginning of that shot, essentially, it was cgi and it is noticeable, maybe because the realism has been so well yeah, maintained yeah. up until that point, but that moment just snaps you out of it instantly.
0: I, I will say, like, I agreed with Dave on just that one point and this is the only point I will agree. But,
3: oh, you haven't heard the rest of them yet, Gavin. <laughs> the thing is, is that, like, that
0: is noticeable, but it's because, a lot of it is just actual special effects you know actual effects um it, it's it's so realistic that when they do use cgi which is very very infrequent um it does stand out a little bit more whereas you know like an, another war film like maybe um, dunkirk which used a lot more cgi um it's it, it just it's a bit it's that bit is slightly <laughs> jarring when he goes down the waterfall but i will say when alex and dave are talking about the fact you're thinking about the shots and whatever i mean i think that is quite positive especially for people who appreciate film and appreciate you know like how films are shot at least you're not sat there in your mind's wondering about you know what you're gonna have for dinner or whatever you're still thinking about the film you know you're still involved in it and if if you're that technically minded about film and you appreciate how it works then not you,
3: not, like, not while you're watching it you know you're thinking about it afterwards and then thinking, oh, I want to see a behind the scenes feature about that. But when you're thinking about it as you're watching it, you're thinking maybe the, a technical achievement to be sure, but maybe a technical achievement too far. So and, just, and you
0: never watch like action films or, you know, martial right. arts films and think like, oh, how did they do that? But, oh, but, God, that's but, amazing. But this stunt.
2: isn't an action film. This isn't a martial art. F- the, the subject matter's a bit too important here. It's World War One, So I, I don't think you, I think if you should be immersed in it, you should you should be. It's not the same as watching an action film or a, or a martial arts film. What
4: hey, did you
2: think? What, what uh, what are your views on that?
4: I would say they're very minute details. I mean, I've yeah. got to be honest, I'm not just saying this, you know, because I'm on the defence. I never thought, sure? I never thought <laughs> any of that when I was watching the film. I was just totally, you know, engrossed, engrossed in kind of what was happening. And um, You know, if those are the only bad things that you can pick, you know, yeah. out about the film, that you know, a few minute details of, of how it was shot. And, you know, let's not forget, it's it's pretty much like the first of its kind in terms of, you know, it's just meant to be one long shot, and if they, you can only pick a few things from the very first time, then I think that's you know a pretty good deal. But also, uh, one of the main points I want to mention is it's just the story, really, because you get really kind of uh, you know encapsulated in, in the moments, and a, a lot of the time in war films, especially when they're not based on a on a true story like this is kind of loosely based on a on a uh, I think um, his grandfather or something like that, but the, the story he basically made his own. Uh, you always kind of get like characters that are pretty much, you know, cannon fodder or, you know, characters that you you really kind of don't get too invested in. Whereas the the two main characters here, you really kind of uh, root for them. And when one of them dies, like pretty early on, it's it's a pretty big shock to the system, really. Like I, I actually thought that you know he wouldn't die like even when he was lying there dying I was like oh you know he'll he'll be all right someone will come along and save him but he just dies and it's a complete shock to the system because almost like after (laughs) after the first you know I don't know how long it is like 40 minutes you're then left with this one character for the rest of the film for like you know the the other two hours or something like that and um yeah it, it just goes against everything that you've that you've ever really seen in a war film and it kind of uh, as Gab said, it, it's just very realistic, and you do get that sense of realism in terms of did you know a- anything that could happen. You know, it's it's not like the bulletproof like in the Avengers or something like that, and you know that they, they, they can still get hit by bullets and that type of thing.
1: Yeah. So did, did that feel poignant then, that guy's death? Or oh yeah, like, big time. Like, like, like really, I say, I think really
4: everyone exactly. in the cinema like it was just completely silent. One of the moments in uh, you know films where everyone is just totally kind of glued to the screen because it was just totally unexpected. I think. Nobody would have expected
1: that. More, more or less <laughs> affecting than when uh, Rose lets Jack uh, sink to the bottom. <laughs> 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 hey, I, I was going I, to I, 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 yeah, yeah, have have to jump, jump in I've so been well, waiting well, patiently oh, yeah.
3: over it's it, 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 it It's a fucking joke. Time. Patiently, <laughs> I've been waiting fucking patiently.
0: a fucking funny comments.
3: <laughs> Doesn't matter. Gone, it's lost. I have a lot to say about this. You know, I'm glad we've moved on from the one shot. Our bad points were just about the one shot. We have much more to say, believe me. The point where Lance Corporal Blake dies that is it does take you out of the moment. it's jarring it is very unexpected it's unexpected because of the sheer lack of humanity you know you're supposed to be, you've been following these two soldiers and it has been a tense ride because at any point you're thinking right one of these could be killed at any point that implosion in the um, in the trench you're thinking shit one of them could get killed you're constantly thinking that the, these guys are in mortal peril the moment blake is killed which is about 40 minutes into the film it's like right the other guy's safe uh, all tension evaporates from the film and you're thinking <laughs> right this guy's going to be alright he's going to make it to the, he, might not, he might die at the end but he's going to make it at least another hour or so while this film continues and that is the case once Blake is dead the tension is gone and Blake's death is jarring you don't know which of them's going to die you don't know when it's coming the scenario with Blake's death is they see a dogfight they see some planes Mm-hmm. Fighting overhead, and um, one of the German planes is shot down. It crashes into a barn near where they are. They have to dive out the way, and um, the pilot survives the crash. He's the, the fuselage is on fire, and they run over and they drag him from the fuselage. This great moment of humanity. Yeah. Um, as he comes to, obviously he's been quite badly burned. Um, as he's coming to, and the other guy go. One of the the one who survives goes to get water. He turns around, and his mate's been stabbed by the pilot this moment of humanity was just snapped away from you. And that's why it's unexpected. Not because it's like, it came out of nowhere. It was well-written. It's unexpected because it goes against humanity. I can't see someone knifing their savior. In those circumstances, even it, in a war, it possibly even in a war. I mean, I've never been in a war. I don't yeah, know what yeah, goes through people's yeah. head, people's heads, but it just feels jarring because it's inhumane. It goes against the very nature of humanity.
1: <laughs> Sorry, uh, just off mic there was a little comment of Joel. Have you been to war? Uh, so when uh, quite often when people want to, uh,
4: this is just a I've, I've played Medal of honor. honor. I've played Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> those yeah. two things qualify me more than everyone else in this room. I was
1: letting people, you know, behind the curtain, know uh, what happens if someone really, really is affected by an argument is people put their hands up very politely so that I can call upon them uh, yeah but just if I could just round who just jumps right in no he did the hand
3: was up the hand was up to be fair Uh, but I just want to round mine off by talking about the realism the reason why that's jarring is because it doesn't feel right there's something not real about it to my mind I'm talking about realism the bullets and things like that it doesn't need to be bulletproof because people can't shoot they just run at each other with their rifles firing wildly into the air while people just kind of run away from them if they just stopped stood still and aimed then the body count in this film might have been a bit higher but as it is they don't need to be bulletproof because no one seems to know how to use a rifle higher than the the great war exactly and even when he's running away from the german soldiers he's just running in a straight line he's not strafing at any point despite the fact they're shooting wildly behind him i mean he didn't need to clearly
0: i I think dave's like clutching at straws here with his points i mean that that one about you know the uh, the guy dying so you know the other one's going to be safe i mean like that happens in every other film with like a small cast like Gravity for instance after spoiler alert, George Clooney dies you're <laughs> like well I know Sandra Bullock's going to be alright A um, Quiet Place when John Krasinski dies spoiler alert sorry you know that Elmo Blunt's going to be alright until the rest of the film
3: but the thing but was they happens, were exactly
0: but that doesn't detract from the film being decent oh one guy's dead so you've only got like one other main character so he's going to be alright I mean what were you thinking like oh that's it now I know this guy's going to be fine for well, the next yeah, hour or so, so to to a degree,
3: simply because the first 40 minutes were tense I will give that to the film they were really tense moments where you're thinking either of these could just get shot by a sniper out of nowhere those first 40 minutes were great because it kept you on the edge of your seat you're kind of feeling the fear that well like I said we've not been to war I'm sure yeah, I'm not well. feeling anything close to the fear that they would have felt yeah, but, but you're, you're getting maybe, the yeah, tension but, yeah, but also you, you yeah. can't <laughs>
0: keep you can't like really expect a film to keep that level of tension All for I'm a, saying is once two hours once once
3: Blake was dished. dead once Blake was dead I could sit back and relax because I knew the other guy would be fine and and I, that, I, I completely
0: Disagree because. And like, that's
3: not me clutching the straws. I did, the tension just
0: evaporated. Well, it's, it's, it's like Alex's favourite film, Gravity. You know, like once, you know, like one thing happens. <laughs> I mean, don't bring me in
2: the
4: middle of this, you two go through <laughs> <for> it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but,
0: but, but once, you know, like a, an, an event happens, an near death experience, you've got a bit of a lull, you know, like, or, you know, not a lull, but, you know, a period where it's not so tense because it gives the audience a bit of a, a release and it gives them time to, you know, like kind of settle back down before the next. <laughs> yeah. event I'm not happens. saying it wasn't
3: tense. you know, there's still the tension of will he make it on time to deliver this message. You know there was still tension there but it just didn't have the same you didn't have that same fear for your protagonist
1: yeah okay that's good let's uh, well let's jump on to something else I, i'm gonna throw it over to while we're on the prosecution i'm gonna let alex have a have a go let's have a different
2: argument please okay uh, a slightly different argument and again it might be a bit of a niche one i'm not sure if people will agree with me i i think the subject matter is very important when it's talking about the world war one it's like a it's quite a serious issue yeah. and i think the film uh, had a bit too much action in it. And I think there was a little bit too much of people, you know, jumping and, and running and, you know, jumping into this and, and getting into different ones. And I don't think it had enough to say, to be honest, about the First World War. And I found it, I find, I find that just a bit ghoulish. Like, I think it was. I, th- I think it was an effect in film. I think, it, you know, if it was going to say anything, it was that the World War One was bad and it's, it's not nice when people die. But I don't think it had anything particularly insightful to say. And so for me, that was the biggest... That's my biggest problem with the film. It just, especially on a, on a subject matter that's had so much about it, it just didn't have enough original things to say, which it could have done.
4: Well, you know, I would counter that by saying they sent them on a mission basically through... Enemy lines, and it, it was just, uh, you know, how how long did it take place over? Maybe like twelve hours, sixteen hours, something like that. Yeah. It was from like an afternoon until the next morning, um, so n- not that long. Um, and you know, it it was uh, pretty much just following those two characters over the, over the entire uh, over the entirety. So, you know, it's not like a film like Schindler's List, where it's g- going to mm. have like all all these kind of messages throughout it. And you know, I would say. Pretty much my favourite film ever, Saving Private Ryan. It doesn't really say too much about the Second World War. It, it's just a, a story uh, of the characters in it and how war affects those people. And it, it, it's exactly the same here. I don't think every war film needs to have a message... Um, about a war. Or about about a war, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It can be but... a, more of a study of the characters. It can be a study of the land, you know, anything. I don't really think it needs to be everything in one
2: i think so i would say saving private ryan isn't a, doesn't have a great message but he's talking about how to bring people home and it, it does have a little bit more going on but so, um, so this, but but 1917 it so it brings up i think the thing that got me a bit was it brought up some interesting things so you know how he's walking along and he's talking about how he threw his medal away and the other person says why would you throw your medal away that was really interesting and you're like right that's going to come we're going to come back to that and that would be really interesting to see how he you know how he's dealt with being a hero why he's thrown it away in the first place maybe he's come back and he's that that would be an interesting way of looking at bravery in the first world war also at a certain point um, mark strong says make sure when you talk to the, the, the major and give him the orders, make sure there's people around him so he doesn't, because some people just like war, the glory, yeah. want the glory. And I was like, that's fascinating. That's a really interesting insight into how generals acted and privates acted. And it just felt that those moments later on never came back and instead we had you know him, him jumping in, into a river. And, and, and I, 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 I just, I wish, I wish that had been a bit more of a focus for the film.
0: I I always argue that that it does have those points, though. I mean, the the whole story is basically how this guy deals with with, with this task. You know, initially... He is the reluctant one. So it starts off with these two privates. Um, one of them is very reluctant to, you know, like actually do the mission. You know, he just wants to be left alone. He's the one that's sort of like it He's the one that nearly gets exploded. He's the one that's like sort of like really sort of like, I'm done now, I want out of this. And then when his friend is killed, he's thrust into the leadership then and he has to take it over. He, you know, we'd already heard earlier about like how he gave his medal back because he thought he wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't brave enough and you know how he didn't agree with it and now he's like being thrust into it he was ready to kind of just step away and take a back seat and now all of a sudden he has to lead he has to take this really impossible challenge and at the end you know i think that it's a very poignant moment you know when he when he gets in contact with his friend's brother and he says you know like oh yeah i'm sorry but your brother didn't make it you know it's like it's finally like it's everything that he's been carrying with him that emotional Burden is passed over to his friend's brother, and you see this sort of like release in his face, and then he goes and sits down underneath the tree. And it's you know, I I think that's got you know, he looks at his his photos, and he's doing it for his family, and
2: it's it's a good emotional, you know, that that's good emotionally. I just think like actually historically there wasn't enough for me.
1: Yeah that's, that's that's a point is is it historically accurate is it based on any particular yeah.
4: battle or is it an
1: amalgamation So it, it's based or? on
4: um so the memoirs of um his grandfather uh they basically had like a, a very loose uh kind of a uh, basically script which basically you know they they said two soldiers got this mission type of thing and then he made he made up this story essentially okay, yeah. so it's based very very loosely on uh something which was really never confirmed but you know yeah, yeah. Was, was said to have happened but in terms of historical accuracy i think it's pretty much bomb you know i think uh the the costumes um the uh, uh the scenery yeah uh, for so example like the trenches, yeah the, the tr- it's just absolutely horrific some of the stuff and uh you know i mentioned before about some of the landscapes as well uh you know like the germans uh they cut down the uh, the blossom trees that either Dave or Gav mentioned before they killed like all the cows so that yeah, yeah. there was no uh, you know they basically left it so there was nothing to use um then in terms of um you know how uh, the, the trenches look and things like that as well it, it it all looks you know I would say I would say spot on so, they, so they right really back did the research to there.
1: Alex's earlier argument that, that about the realism is that it really is quite realistic and quite gritty regardless yeah. of whether that's um, a good point or a bad point for you, it's it's quite a
0: well what Alex said before about you know like the hierarchy Uh, like I thought that that was very realistic because so often in world war films you get this sort of like posho English perspective but this shows like the depth and the scale of those who actually fought for the country it was you know it was shown only in glimpses but you saw characters from all over the UK and Sikh soldiers as well and all of the upper ranks that uh, you know you you were were shown later on you know Mark Strong's, Colin Firth's, whatever they were all your posho English you know uh, they were very like sort of very privileged um whereas the grunts the the soldiers they were all from like very sort of like diverse backgrounds mm. and and i thought that was that was very realistic i don't well i mean correct me if i'm mistaken but i don't think i've seen that a lot in war films that sort of you know that th- that breakdown of social classes in in the army which was very real because it would be very um, rare for somebody from like a working class background, especially like in the North to become like a, you know, one of the higher ranks of of the army. And I, I thought for once that was actually, that was a fair portrayal.
3: Is it realistic or is it stereotyping? Not really. I mean, I could have written and all the officers are posh and it's mm, just and um, that's just it's that no, nice no, no, stereotyping no 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 no
0: no, no. That, is that, that not t- Dave that's not that's not. No, no, but the thing is is that like in previous films it's like everybody has that accent whereas now uh, it's not and it's not stereotyping because the the, uh, the higher ranks of the army officers they would have been from very posh privileged backgrounds whereas the soldiers would have been from more working class backgrounds yeah. so for once you know it's not just like kind of everybody speaking in a cockney accent it's like you've got a really diverse range of
3: accents yeah but we've seen that that realism in films before you know we've seen that in back in war films in the 60s but well, i don't i mean yeah, maybe you
0: have but i'm talking about the past so like, say like 30 years of, of war films that we've had maybe even longer you don't really get that perspective of you know of, of uh, uh, that breakdown of classes when it comes to the ranks mm.
1: okay uh, So right I'm, I'm getting uh, i'm sort of getting the contrast between you guys and here and is gist. that yeah you know that the, there's there's diversity being shown but maybe it it touches upon stereo, stereotypes potentially um oh, I but, I, but i'm going to i think there's two strong arguments there but so i think we touched a lot upon the story we touched a lot upon this realism and this this attempt to to immerse you uh within the war essentially and um, what about um you know what about the acting is that I, I, you, you've clearly got one or two key actors, yeah, one so, for the bulk of it? What, what, I think... Doing? He's
4: going to have the, to do a great job, isn't he? Not, not just the acting, but I think the casting is spot on, you know. I think you could quite easily fall into the trap here of casting, like, you know, the two main characters. as like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Wahlberg or something like that. Yeah. They went for two relatively, you know, unknown actors pretty much and all the big names, um, you know, like Colin Firth, uh, Mark Strong, um, Benedict Cumberbatch, they literally have, I would say... 30 seconds to 60 seconds each of total screen time in the entire film um so all like the big actors who are used to having these starring roles take pretty much take back seats here and it's it's down to uh you know the two main characters really um and they just do like an exceptional job Uh, you know i think part of um acting in a war film you really have to be quite on it in terms of portraying emotions with your face and not just, um, you know, just your, your yeah, vocal that's acting. That's little, there's um, very little else to do. Yeah, it, so, yeah. you know, like being scared and uh, the terror and that type of thing. And mm. uh, both of them just do it really, really well. And, you know, they both bounce off each other as well. So one's like kind of more chirpy and upbeat and one of them is just kind of, you know, and okay, let's get on with it type of thing. And yeah. um, both of them have really kind of uh, individual uh personalities and uh the main character especially uh is 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 just great you know you can tell that he really doesn't want to be there um you know it's it doesn't glorify war in any in any way this film i would say you know and uh that definitely comes across in in his performances and especially as i say like in, in in the range of kind of uh, emotions that he yeah. just displays with his face,
1: um, Alex. So I mean, on, on that touch, there is that there are some huge names mm. on, on show here, and do they steal the limelight? In um, it's clearly not a
2: story about them. No, they, but they distract it, you from the the Be- immersion because they are because they're so, famous. Because they're so. famous, I, I'm going to agree with Joel and say I don't know how Dave felt. Uh, but I'm going to say the two main actors I thought actually were brilliant yeah, in this yeah. and I think very well cast, extremely well cast especially with that. for how they looked and for how they did it I, I, I wouldn't be able to fault them, they, they were perfect. The thing that I imagine Gav is going to disagree with me on will be that um, the, the, there are some big names peppered throughout it um, it's all right with Colin Firth, I think, at first because he's kind of like you know he's the gravitas and he sets off a task and that's fine. And he's always in warm. he's he? always in warm. You know what I mean? He's almost got to be, <laughs> hasn't he? And he's you know posh and blah blah blah. But yeah. like the like the big so the big problem for me was um, you've got Mark Strong who comes in straight after the friend's just been killed, and he he stands above the other person after the friend's been killed, and and like this is maybe just speaking personally that quite took a lot of the sadness i was feeling at the friend at the death of a friend because i saw i heard mark strong's voice and instantly i was like oh i love mark strong you know he's mark strong in it brilliant you know which is probably not what i was meant to be thinking at the time you know i meant to be so actually that did and i'm not saying mark strong didn't do a good job but it could have like joel was saying it could have been it was 30 seconds at most well why could that not have been done by literally any anyone on the thing and when you get to the end with benedict cumberbatch he, do, he tries to do a lot with nothing but there's really just no reason for him to be benedict cumberbatch in that role and all you are thinking when he turns around is oh look that's benedict cumberbatch as an army officer and it, it that, that's that's the whole reason the whole Almost people are trying started. to get to yeah. it becomes like a play rather than a rather than a, an immersive film I mean,
1: like they've been picked out just for the name rather than for
2: the yeah we, and uh, and the thing coming back to the long shot at the start of what I was saying the long shot is all about immersion and these things break that immersion
1: what about
0: you think of I, I I would disagree I think it's good to have these sort of like big names in the fact that you can have like some of I don't know some of the best actors or British actors especially working today in this film and they just take a, a backseat. They are side, you know, big players, essentially. Uh, like with Mark Strong, I think that was good. I think it was done intentionally as well because it snaps you out of it. You know, like kind of, you know, this this character, this Blake character's just been killed. You know, it's a very, very emotionally charged scene. You are very upset after it. And uh, then all of a sudden Mark Strong's there. And Mark Strong, for me, perfectly encapsulates that sort of stiff upper lip, you know, British mentality that was, like, commonplace, especially in World War I and Two, of sort of like, okay, now, come on, we need to carry on. Let's, you know, like, put yourself together sort of thing. And he perfectly... He does that perfectly well. And I think maybe, you know, having Mark Strong in that, um, it, it helps because it's like, oh, it's a recognisable name. So people are like, oh, it's Mark Strong, you know what I mean? And, you know, and it snaps you out because, he doesn't, you know, it's essentially like horror and tragedy does happen but they have to go on and and that's what it is and you know and, and when i was talking about before the release at the end when he's finally at peace because he's finally you know delivered his task he saved those lives well, after he's Giving it to the guy who's from Out of Game of Thrones,
2: do you know what I mean? It turns <laughs> out to Richard Bannon You're just like, oh
0: look, that's the guy. Was he in Game of Thrones? But you know what? So why why can't these 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 big actors be in these roles? You know, like it, just because it just because you're not thinking about him as the brother, you think him about him as the guy from Game of Thrones. Is,
1: is that more of so, a, so, a slight to the actors maybe rather than the casting? Is that you know maybe the actor is not. Good enough to break out from a character that they play. No, because no, he's not been audience. given
0: long enough to are you, do. That? Are you saying that, like, whenever you see Richard Madden in anything, you're like, oh, look, there's Rob Stark? You know? <laughs>
2: no, I'm saying that for the first initial five seconds, yes, I am thinking that's Rob no, Stark. No, for,
0: for, for, in, in, like, okay, admittedly, when uh, he turned around, I was like, oh, there's Richard Madden. But, you know, you just obviously that's a, that's a thing that you just get. Like, that's, you know, if it was just a nobody, you might be, might have been right into it. But, you know, it's like yeah, that's my point. Like a split second, it's just like oh, you know, it's it's Richard yeah. man it gives you that familiarity, and
3: then you know you you're in it. Then it's yeah, okay. there's that familiarity, but when this whole film, the you other know, the one shot, everything that there's been uh, striven for in this film, striven, strived. Strove. Strove and fall. <laughs> Everything that's been stroven for in this film is about immersion. It's about immersing you in the film and getting you in that moment. And these little bits, like little bits of CGI, an edit you can see, an actor you recognize from another TV show yeah. snaps you out of it, and there's the immersion illusion gone. And that's why it's key for this film. In another film, you wouldn't mind seeing a big name pick up, but in this one, I think they should have kept it unknowns. What, because if immersion's the game, this takes you out of it. What
0: about that sort of like familiarity of war? You know, what I mean that you know maybe that's what they were going for the fact, familiarity, the familiarity of war. of war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the fact. I've never heard of that. Well, you know, like the the loss of lives. You know, the devastation, the horror that is you know is, is suffered in every single well, war. It's like this automatically reminds yeah. me of
1: Anna <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. You know when, when World War Three breaks out. When, not if. When World War Three breaks, I'll remind you of this when you're
2: nearby. Yeah. An- yeah. Just be like, oh, hey, look. "Oh
3: look, I know him, Alex. It's <laughs> Richard. Alex, it's Richard Madden. Alex, <laughs> Alex." <laughs>
2: <laughs> I tried to have a dance.
0: I, I, I think like what people are getting away from here as well with like the nitpicking about fucking Richard Madden, whatever, is that you know, how this is filmed? You know the direction, the cinema, photography. It, it, it's just. A beautiful film like and you know it, the story it might not be overly complicated it's quite simplistic but you know it's so then again so was saving private ryan but the thing is is that like it doesn't need to like you know, be something completely new with regards to story it doesn't need to you know like kind of have those familiar tropes that Alex was talking about you know it doesn't need to have like a massive powerful message. to to be clear I didn't say familiar tropes I just said historical insights. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm (laughs) paraphrasing what I'm saying. But you know one thing I really loved about this is bearing in mind it's set during like one of the the world's bloodiest conflicts there's very little bloodshed or violence in it when you think about it Uh, So, uh, but the horrors of battle are like perfectly captured by the you know as Alex was talking about earlier the Baron waste that the soldiers have to trek through the miles upon miles of trenches. So
1: you still feel the gore exactly
0: scene, like, the gore. I, 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 yeah, I'm struggling to think of a film that I, Dave will probably think of about 16 now <laughs> but uh, of where you actually see the sort of the devastation to the land street fighting <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah 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 but I'm talking about World War 1 film <laughs> and, um,
2: I've never
0: seen I think most of,
2: of the World War 1 but films.
0: no no I mean like that's that a big part just, you know uh, d- all queer, quiet in the western film yeah just just all night just you know a lot of it is is like kind of like trench based it's all in sort of like one area or or, you know two areas or whatever and it's all about you know the life in the trenches for me this was sort of like kind of you know it was showing the you know the devastation the the barren wasteland the the completely devastated towns as joel said you know the, the the farms the the cattle everything the livestock that was destroyed um and because it's not very violent it's not very bloody when something violent and bloody happens it is very very visceral it like kind of really like sucks you in like Joel was saying when Blake is killed you're really shocked and you know bearing in mind that we've just shown we've just been shown like dozens of soldiers who are dead like lying out in the field when this happens you know this technically should be like a drop in the ocean in comparison to the amount of lives that have been lost but this is so sort of like affecting that it really really knocks you for six
1: yeah, um, I'm going to have a very quick rebuttal, and then um, I, I think I've got quite a lot to, to to go through there, and we'll have a quick quiz. Um, but if you've got a quick rebuttal to that about the the lack of gore, but it's still uh, it's still still is immersive. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I, I
2: would say you know that, that there is a lack of gore, but also the you know you are the, you're taken out of this. Constantly. I I'd agree That's with a, a lot of what Gav said. I just would say that the, there's not a lot of point to it yeah, yeah. and I wish there'd be more <laughs> I
1: have one, one uh, just one, one quick question before I got throw out to a quiz what about like the soundscape if it's meant to be immersive is uh, are you only left with the sounds of war is it you know gunshots and screaming so there is music Tom, to, is to the,
2: Thomas Newman yeah, it is Thomas Newman Thomas yeah. Newman did the yeah. score yeah, and
0: uh, it's <sighs> good, yeah. very good. And yeah, good. That. another thing that it does is like not every sound every um, every gunshot sounds the same so you get that a lot in you know these big action films yeah, is was, that you know like it it was, if was one good. pistol fires or if a cannon fires it it's exactly end, the yeah. same volume yeah. whereas this is a whole variety of different volumes yeah. it's very it's, you know it, it,
1: it, so it feels realistic in that
0: exactly. sense as well okay. and, but one thing that is amazing about this is the cinematography you know like the like the bits where we're in the trenches, it's like int- really, really well done. It's claustrophobic, the wide open like wastelands yeah, yeah. scenes. The, you know like there's hardly a shot that doesn't look completely stunning. There's uh, you know like if you hadn't been put into photography by uh, Gattaca, I think that this film <laughs> could get you on the right pathway To be honest, I that's
1: grand and and then great, great flourish. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, has somebody got a quiz? Sorry, I'm. Uh, uh, yeah, I do. Traumatist. So it's kind yeah. of.
4: Um, <laughs> Well, it's based on war films, but, um, you know, it's kind of not totally on, on war uh, films. <laughs> but, uh, I don't
0: know how to describe it. Uh, it 1,917 questions <laughs> about war films.
4: It is, so strap yourselves in. Uh, so, I mean, you'll get the gist as soon as it start. It's very much based on guesswork, I would say. Uh, so in Cyber, Saving Private Ryan, I don't know if anyone can remember the scene, but uh, Jackson, the sniper, he, he shoots another German sniper through his scope. And it, go, and it goes in through his face. So, my question is A, is it real? And B, is that even possible? So, I'm we'll start say, with. We'll start with real? Did you
2: shoot the extra?
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, not is it real, but could, I'm gonna could it? Could it? Okay.
1: I going to say that's
3: based on a real story. Yeah, that's a, that's what I meant. Yeah. Is, it based on, say, is it based on I'm a real I'm story? I going to say it's based on a real I'm story. Yes. I'm going to say, no, I don't think you could do that. Yeah, uh, yeah, real. All right. So, I'm
4: going to read you a little extract. So. Uh, Private Jackson shooting the German sniper through the scope of his rifle is a reference to a Vietnam War sniper, Carlos Carlos Hathcock, who did the same thing to an enemy sniper. So they recovered the scope, um, and there was a bullet that had gone through it, but Mythbusters actually tested it out and found it to be false. Um, But then they used larger ammunition, and the bullet did manage to clear the scope. So they changed it to plausible, basically. So they said it could happen, but it's never... Uh, basically Probably being really. confirmed that it did happen <laughs> uh, so this one's a little bit easier what was the answer <laughs> both of us were right so this one's a little bit easier so Enemy at the Gates um, is obviously based on a real uh, Enemy Russian, Russian war hero uh, but what was his name <sighs> oh. oh dear mm. Vasily Sasha. Vasily is Vasily right. No, uh, Sasha's no. the boy, isn't it? Yes, it begins with Z,
2: Dave. Zaitsev. Yeah, Vasily Zaitsev. Is that it? Oh my God! Hold How old the old hell
4: did
3: he get? Okay, so you just the, said a yeah,
2: Russian name, didn't you?
3: No, no, I had, I had <laughs> something in the back of my mind. It's this not not one a very common name. <laughs>
4: <laughs> this one is more difficult. Um, it, it's for you, Bucknards. Uh, but it's on what work of literature is Apocalypse Now based? Oh, uh, Heart, Heart, of Heart of Darkness, Joseph
2: Conrad. Well done.
4: Uh, so this one again just complete guesswork how much weight did Vincent D'Onofrio put on for full metal jacket so I'll give you like a, a, a range I, it's pounds. between 10 and 100 pounds I'm going to say 68 pounds 68 pounds, Three um, pounds less 55 than... pounds Fifty-five. Oh, fuck it, 90 pounds 76 pounds Aussie is very close it was 70 pounds Ooh. it took him, took him 7 months to put the weight on and 9 months to take it off again Jeez. my god uh, so which three actors from the Hurt Locker later joined forces to defeat Thanos
0: Jeremy Renner yeah Chris Pratt no uh, was he not in the Hurt Locker the, the guy who Hurt Locker <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's a really boring story about one time Mick Jagger got <laughs> um, upset at somebody what about, not, not, not Captain
1: America the guy who's Captain America at the end of it it what is, is. Nice. Anthony
4: Mackie is one of them and then you're missing one other person.
0: Sebastian Stan nope it's a female oh, Jessica Chastain no, no shit um, she's not an Avenger it. <laughs> um, uh, Karen Gillan Scarlett Johansson
4: nobody I've never seen it. alright um, it's Evangeline Lily. Uh, oh okay so this one might surprise you Dunkirk is only the third film to be written entirely by Christopher Nolan um, name one of the other two uh, Memento um, nope Batman. that was based on Inception
2: Oh no, Interstellar! He must In, have written uh, you that.
4: You were right shit. with it, Inception. <laughs> so Inception is completely original, as is the following. Um, so again, just you've got to remember kind of the theme of this quiz. Who became the youngest actor to win an Academy Award for Best Actor at the age of 29? Leonardo DiCaprio. No, Aldi Murphy. War, Eddie
1: Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Um, <laughs> I know where he is, Alex. A so very Gary.
2: different. <laughs> <laughs> Look him up. You could not get too much.
3: Uh, uh, Gary Cooper. No, anyone? No. Well, give us a uh, year.
4: Gary Cooper. Um, it, it, it's recent and he won it for a film based around uh, Eddie Redmayne Oh, no. Oh, Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody yeah, is right. The pianist. Um, okay, so how many foot of trenches were dug for the for this film? Again, I'll give you like a rough number. So it's between 1,000 feet and
2: 10,000 feet. <laughs> it's not forty. <14. laughs> it could be 14,000 feet. Um, 3,000 feet. Uh, 9,000 feet. I'm going to say
1: 6,969. 4,000
3: feet.
4: Um, I'll give it to Dave. So it's 5,200 foot of trenches that they actually wow. dug wow. for this film. Uh okay, so Remember that judge. Who <laughs> <laughs> who is Winston Churchill referring to when he said they made the greatest contribution in Britain in Britain's war effort in the Second World War? Glenn Miller.
3: Again, I remember
4: it's based on war a war film. Okay. Uh
3: Battle of Britain Palace
4: No, it's it's one person. Alan Turing. Alan Turing, well done. Um and then so I I found this fact out actually about him, which I thought was amazing. So he, he in various scenes in the film, it's never actually mentioned that he run that he was a world class distance runner. And in 1946, he ran a marathon in two hours forty six minutes. This is Turing, Alan Turing. Oh wow! Yeah. Mm. So, so he, he was, was actually him. fucking fast as fuck as well. Wow! <laughs> no, no he, he's not in clever the film. and. Fast I think in the imitation
0: game, in the imitation uh, game, wasn't mentioned. I mean, I mean, I I ran about ten k in two hours. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, so the only so, thing you haven't done is save you know, Western. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's been a while
0: since I wrote this because actually. Yeah.
4: An actor, an actor with a small part in Inglourious in Inglorious Bastards was part of a larger cast of co- <laughs> a larger cast of one of America's most successful TV shows. Who was a the actor and b how did they explain his absence from the TV show whilst filming the film? Have, this is probably you're the only person I think who's
0: actually watched this TV show. In what? In *Inglorious Bastards*. So he, this character is
4: in *Inglorious Bastards*. It's only a small role, but he was also like a main part in a in a. A really TV famous show. American TV show. Seen Goodfellas. Um, oh, I'll give was you was a, in the nah,
0: Office. It the was the Office, office. fucking, hell. and out. it was B.J. Novak. It was B.J. Novak. <laughs> well oh, done. So,
4: how did they explain his absence in the Office? Did he oh, move to um, a different
0: he office? He didn't. Didn't he, he? He broke up from Kelly, and he. Um, oh, I can't remember. He. he oh, oh no! Didn't he start up a, a rival? A, paper? So he went to fix he,
4: went, he went to Thailand <laughs> with his friends. Okay, oh, so. There's two questions in one here. So what's the highest rated war movie on IMBD? Uh, Saving Private Ryan. Uh no. Don't care. Don't care. So I I'm going to give you 1 point for that actually because the one Saving Private Ryan is the actual war movie but there's one that's based in, in war time which is higher. Oh uh, Gone with the Wind. It's actually Schindler's sixth. List. Well done. Oh, well done. So <laughs> Schindler's List is sixth in the highest uh, all time films. Well, and that's the end of the quiz. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, well, done. John, well done, good well, quiz. Done,
1: good quiz, considering you led it up to be that it was just a load of a load of shite that you'd pulled together. About. <laughs> I mean, it basically so, uh, was. <laughs> I quite enjoyed it. Um, this was actually well. This this was always going to be a difficult one. It's a new film. It's getting you know. It's got I've done my very best to stay clear of any reviews or what, hear anything on the radio about it. Um, so I was aware of some of the points you'd mentioned about like single single shots. Um, but it was really interesting to hear everyone's opinions. I couldn't really gauge the room about whether these were truthful opinions or not. There was a lot of just animosity from the weekend, rather than um, <laughs> 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 rather than real uh, real facial expressions for how you feel about the film. So um, I I thought I was going to really like the idea of the single shot and the the technical side of that, but then um, like the prose- prosecution brought out that it's actually sometimes you spent too long thinking about how they did it rather than just enjoying the, the shot and then also the the breaking of the the the, the, the fantasy land you know or, or the breaking of the immersion by seeing somebody who you, who's familiar afterwards so and that that did uh, stick with me quite a lot in the in the argument but then there was a lot of concessions from the pro- prosecution over actually how well it was shot and that it was different and the soundscape was great. The visuals were good. So I'm going to, I'm going to put it onto the hit list. Um, I think it probably deserves to be on the hit list. There were so many points that were just conceded. And I think those, they were a bit nitpicky to the, 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 the bits that you, that I thought were, were good arguments. Actually, they're probably just, just top minor. So
0: hit list it is. this. Um, Genuine opinions. I thought it was great. I thought it was really, really nice. Really I th- good film.
2: I thought it was amazing for the first two thirds, and then I would have definitely put it on the hit list for the first two thirds, and then by the last third, not enough came together for me. So I, I would have just put it on the shit list.
0: Oh really? Yeah, I would have. Man. Oh well. Wow. Sitting next to Street Fighter.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sitting next to Air Force One now, isn't it? On the hill, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, I loved it. Yeah. Genuinely loved it. I'd say I, I wasn't really clutching at straws. The criticisms are genuine, but they're like you—you got me rumbled. Very minor criticisms. You yeah. have to really scrape and look around for them. Uh, it, it's a great film. If it doesn't win Best Cinematography at the Oscars, oh, I'd be yeah. amazed. It, Gav's right. It's beautiful.
4: Yeah. yeah, I liked it, but you know, I don't think. It well it's as amazing as all like the reviews, you know, make it out okay, to be. I yeah, think yeah, it's, so a, it's definitely a solid watch, but there were some things for me that were like kind of left unresolved. Like for example, one bit that really annoyed me. Um uh, so I can't oh God I can't even remember the main character's name. Not Scofield, really, Schofield. So at the start like he cuts his hand on barbed wire and then he puts his hand in like a, a oh, corpse yeah. that's been rotten for ages and I was thinking, you know, I gonna come out. Yeah. He's gonna like get you know, infected and die basically, and it's just never mentioned again in the entire film. And I mean,
1: is, that, is that because of the short duration? I, th- I, th- I, I, think, I mean, I think, a, I think
4: so, yeah. but it's just like, why bring it up? Yeah. Well, yeah. I,
0: I think for that, it was more the sort of like, once, when you were saying about it being so visceral. Like that, every single person in the in, in the cinema like made the same like noise as soon as that happened. I just thought it was one of those things. Like it was a nice little touch to show that you know how disgusting like, war is. Yeah, how disgust it's not really Morris. blowing the lid off that one, is it? Yeah. yeah
4: so it's good. Cool. It's just um, you know the. There are things that piss you off
1: about it
0: too. Yeah, okay. I don't know. That sounds. I mean, that sounds reasonable. So I look forward to it. So higher or lower than our previous film on trial, The Irishman, which oh, that's Ninety-six
3: percent. Oh, wow. I'm gonna, say I'm gonna, I'm gonna,
2: say, I'm gonna say, say. I'm
3: gonna say so higher. I'm gonna go higher.
2: I'm gonna go the same. The same. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna lower. say very slightly lower. I'm Austin
0: lower. Yeah. Is slightly higher. Uh, ooh. Well, Alex and Austin. Uh, right. Eighty-nine. I thought it was gonna what? be a bit higher. Yeah. Really? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a much better film than The Irishman. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry, Sorry, oh, yeah, no, if you're listening. I definitely agree with that. <laughs> um, so uh, once again, put a poll up on Twitter over the weekend and asked our friends and followers which list 1917 should be placed on. 90% of our listeners decide they should be placed on the hit list. So yeah, I think our our, our, uh, our polls are quite close to the actual scores a lot of the time. So that's like almost Bob on. Anyway, before we adjourn the case, it's time for a bit of a caption contest. Here we, are, we do a screenshot of the film and we uh, ask our friends and followers to provide a funny caption with the best one winning a frog-shaped chocolate chip retreat okay so the scene here is that infamous jump as dave was talking about the cgi one where he's just sort of leaping through the air um and you guys just got to pick the best one starting with Roger knew that as long as he got home before sunrise, his mother wouldn't realise he'd been out all night. Oh, she'll probably tell you that it's just as the sun is uh, coming so up. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, okay uh, <laughs> second one. Tom Cruise ain't got nothing on me. Uh, next one. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Chim <laughs> uh, chimney, chim chimney, chim chim. Jesus Christ, Mary Poppins. <laughs> uh, uh, Mary Martin stars as Peter Pan. Uh, over the river and through the woods they've got like that's a song lyric Dave you know no, no. We'll now. Um, I think Michael Jordan gonna sue somebody <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one save Ferris <laughs> um uh, ch- chocolatey prizes are a great idea and no, I think that's just a nice comment <laughs> <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and the last one hurry up and deliver that message before Lawrence Fox
3: complains that Hitler's not in the film
4: <laughs> I'm gonna go for Michael
1: Jordan yeah I like the Jordan one actually because I'm gonna I go with
3: chocolate prizes
0: are a great idea <laughs> I think Michael Jordan for me yeah Michael Jordan uh, so well done to Stork uh, a Geek podcast you've just won your So Flippity Freddo. Okay, so um, the next film that we're going to do, it hasn't been picked out at hand at random. It's instead a personal choice of yours truly, Gavin. Hello. Uh, I know I've got a bit of a bad rep for picking films like Bone Alone and Jingle All The Way, but I think the tide is about to turn. Go on, Gavin. There's going to be some change from one Oscar-worthy picture in 1917 to another I am going to pick the cinematic great the reanimator
1: <laughs> I've never heard of that but look the look on everyone's face <laughs>
0: the reanimator it's like a, a, a classic cult horror that Joel's gonna hate um, but anyway the roles have been picked out of the hazard at random so in the role of defence is Joel no I'm sure it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, me and Dave in prosecution is uh, it's yourself Austin and okay. Joel and judge is going to be Alex so thank you to everybody who's listened to this episode if you like the episode please remember to like share and subscribe and why not leave us a five star review? review on Apple Podcasts. We'll trade you a five-star review for a nice bottle of red wine, perhaps. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was that, that's what the the uh, Schofield trades his medal in for. Should have said, oh, we're right. not actually going to send wine out to people. If we are, it's probably going to be stuff that we've made ourselves in the bathtub. <laughs> Cut the costs down really low. Uh, but I wouldn't recommend drinking it, though. Uh, so just spread the warm love that his films on trial as many years as possible. Check us out on all of the social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever films on trial and that's it that that's it Uh, 1917 is a hit and we will be deep in your ears next week with reanimator goodbye